Hey folks, it's Al here. We've got a fun Q&A episode coming up for you in just a few minutes. But first, Mike and I felt compelled to uh, say something about the events on August 23rd in Wisconsin where a 29-year-old man named Jacob Blake was shot seven times in the back by police in front of his family. This is just another example of police brutality and uh, unwarranted use of lethal force against uh, people of color. And we're wondering when enough is going to be enough. The police are supposed to, in my understanding, protect the most vulnerable. And instead, the most vulnerable are being killed by the police because we have a system that by design protects whites, and is tough on people of color. I would implore everybody to use your vote at the next available opportunity to help change things for the better, even at the provincial or state level or even local levels of government. Maybe part of that change is defunding uh, the police in your area. Let's talk a little bit about what the word defunding means. Here in Ontario, education's been defunded. Music programs in schools have been defunded. Social programs defunded. Uh, Why not defund the police department and inject some funds into some of these other areas that can help less privileged communities? Um, Because it's a net positive. It's good for all of us if all communities are doing well. Uh, So just wanted to say something on that. The situation that we're in right now in the world is completely unacceptable. And uh, it's up to every single one of us to use our votes, use our voices, use our platforms, however big or small, and have these uncomfortable conversations to make change for the better. Welcome back to another episode of the Music Guy Podcast, episode number 43 here, and uh, I'm pleased to be uh, broadcasting this show to you guys from Liberty Village in Toronto, Ontario on a chillier summer's day here. We're approaching fall, get ready for lots of... Fall advertisements on your radio with uh, horrendous puns and uh, people drinking uh, pumpkin spice lattes. It's going to be good. My name's Al Rowe. I'm a music guy. I play guitar. I sing. I write songs. I make records. Uh, And yeah, those are the things that I do. Just just putting it all together here, trying to make a career out of this whole thing. And uh, I'm pleased to be joined, as always, by my partner in crime co-host all the way from Whitby, Ontario, guitarist, backup vocalist, music educator, composer. Right now, composer, nothing. Right now, right just now. A, an empty 
shell of a human being vessel <laughs> i uh As we i got are. some new analog gear <laughs> i shouldn't have bought this i have no reason to own this <laughs> just uh, uh yeah impulse buyer spending money yeah mr yeah. uh yeah. michael hebs um welcome i yeah you know i feel welcome it's cool to be doing a you and me thing again too you know like uh I don't know. Yeah. Interviews are great, but... It's been a minute. Lots of time to rant. It uh, has been a bit. I We've mean, done a lot of interviews. In a way, you know, we, we do have a very special guest uh, this week, although not in the traditional sense. Uh, it's our it's our great audience. Isn't that nice? Oh, there we go. Isn't that nice? Yeah, K-Rose in the chat. Because we're, we're, um, we're taking questions today. This is our uh, Q&A episode here. Uh, it's been a while since we've done one of these. These are always some of the most fun yeah. ones that we do, I think, uh, at least for me, selfishly. <laughs> I think also for, for Mike, if I can speak on your behalf. You can, you can speak on my behalf forever. I mean, I've been speaking on your behalf on YouTube a bunch. Yeah, and in, a, in a legal sense. <laughs> in a, yeah, in a legal sense. Yeah. It's in a in very a legal way. Sense. Um, you know, I've been opening credit cards for you too. You know that that as well. Your Honor, I wasn't aware. Plead the fifth. <laughs> um, so we are taking questions today, and we would like to take your questions each and every week. So, uh, folks who are listening, if you have a question, serious, funny, long, short, in depth about music, about life, about whatever, uh, we would encourage you guys, and we would love it if you would. Send it to us uh, via our website, musicguypodcast.com, our email, musicguypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, or you can find either myself or Mike on the various social media platforms that we occupy and hit us up with a question. We would love to answer one every week. And we're going to start a new uh, thing as well that we'd like to do called Song of the Week. Uh, and we would encourage folks, if you've got a song, an original tune that you've written or played on or worked on and you have all the requisite permissions to uh send it for broadcast on a podcast uh here on the internet uh send it to us or send us a link or send us an mp3 to our uh our email and we would love to uh check out the song and uh, if we like it and we like most things so we probably will like it we'd be happy to uh to include it in a future episode of the podcast What's going on with your face? You know, my cameras do it. <laughs> I know what's going on, but it looks really yeah. cool. This is going to be great for you too. <laughs> Thought I needed to call nine one one for a second there. <laughs> All right, uh, we're good. We're good now. Uh, I was just trying to, trying to like, whenever I downsize this one window on my computer, it fucks with the camera a bit. Yeah. Um. But uh, technology. Oh, wow. Hey, Michael. Oh wow! Yeah, I got I got tagged in a in a question by Mark. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah. So we did get a, a bunch of questions here, um, and uh, wow. we we put out a put out a post on Facebook. We got a bunch of questions. So let's have a look at uh, at one of them here. Uh, what do we want to start with? Let's start with a question from I mean, Steve McPhee of uh, Boots and Bourbon. Fame. He did sound for us for years at Boots and Bourbon, which is a great I bar. Remember Steve. Was a great bar. 
in Toronto. Yes, now Steve. it's Jasper Dandies. Yeah, I have not been and there. Just, um, uh, you know what? I ha- I went there once and I played like a pop thing. They don't. I don't think they do country anymore. I think they barely do music too. But the setup was way better. There was oh, no really? big air conditioning unit. Oh, that Steve was hilarious. Would be happy to know. Oh man, well yeah. that wasn't always there. I mean, what happened was their AC. They had a rooftop AC unit and it broke, and Fun. it was obviously ridiculously hot in there even in the winter because you get you know 200 bodies on the in, in, you know crammed in there dancing around it gets super hot right anyway so this unit broke the win- the uh, rooftop ac unit broke so they brought in a portable one it was huge it was about the size of a fridge and they put it right in front of the sound booth so now we could no longer see steve when we're sound checking so or during the show we be or during the show so we'd be trying to do the old like you know pointing upwards i need more of my vocal or i need more of my guitar or whatever and <laughs> it's just a disaster he'd be like all right is uh is that good and i'd be like doing a hand signal, be like, i can't see you every time I'd be like i can't see you i'd be like oh yeah so what am i supposed to do <laughs> yeah because if you talk it because you couldn't talk into the mic either because it was like dinner hour or whatever so we were you know, co- completely unable to communicate with the sound guy. Made for great uh, uh, sound check experiences. Anyways, big shout out to Steve. Thanks for thanks for listening to the podcast, Steve, and for asking a question. He says, "Why do you look like a young Randy Travis?" I believe he's asking me that. Why do I look like a young Randy Travis? I I don't know. I you know we're probably of similar, um, you know, lineage historically. We're probably they both know. like European. Uh, so that adds to it. You know, he's pretty good looking. I try to stay in That's shape. A so, you know, th- th- those be a couple of reasons. But uh, hopefully I look like a, an old Randy Travis, too. I Googled some photos and, uh, you know, when I get older, I'd like to he's look like an old dude. Randy Travis. Let's, let's move to another question here. We've got a question in the chat, in the chat from fan of the show, friend of the show, uh, Kathy Rowe of direct relation to myself <laughs> um direct relation huge music fan and um singer in her own right actually uh what do you know about crazy chords i.e the kind of chord structure that Joni mitchell is famous for how tough is it to cover her tunes so as far as i'm aware uh and I don't know like a ton about this, but Joni Mitchell is pretty famous for playing in alternate tunings. Um, is that because her hands messed up or something like that? That's what I heard. I don't know any. I don't know that there was a physical limitation, but I think she would grab like um, uh, yeah, like an instrument and sort of mess around with different tunings and see what was possible. Another band that does that a lot is the Goo Goo Dolls. Um, John Mayer does it a bit too. He does like a, um, like a a lot of open tuning, not a lot, but the occasional open tune song like D A D G A D it's called dad gad tuning. Or some people will do, um, like that tuning, but down a whole step like Joey Landreth does that. I'm pretty sure. Um, yes, he does. But in C, so whatever that would be. C also good for first slide. Yeah, and it's really good for for slide playing and stuff. So what you end up getting is um, a similar sort of chord structure and and, and tonality to a traditional, you know, pop music or blues 
sound, which would be the one, four, five, kind of the major tonality. Um, but you get these different kind of unique sounding uh, voicings is what they'd be called, where yeah. instead of like, you know, a C chord on the guitar, for example, almost always is uh, like a root position C is going to be C, E, G, C, E in that order, right? Uh, but in mm-hmm. in an open tuning, maybe you end up with like a couple of strings uh, that are maybe playing the same note right next to each other or maybe playing, you know, yeah. um, notes that are very close to each other. Like you're playing that C chord, but now there's also like a D in there really close to the C. Uh, wh- one example of this that I, that I love to use, and this isn't even a strange tuning or anything, but if you just take your C shape on the guitar and move it up two frets, you get this weird kind of like, it's a, it's like a D chord, but it's got a G and an F sharp yeah, in it, which four, yeah. shouldn't work, but it does on guitar. And so it's, uh, you know, that's a cool sound as well. So you end up with these cool sort of voicings. And I think it's a really fun way uh, to bolster your creativity a little bit, because now you're working with the same, yes. You know, our ears are always going to pull us to the same one, four, five sounds, but now you're working with a different, um, different voicing, different cool sort of m- movements and stuff that you can, you can do. And it breaks you out of your patterns and your shapes that you're, you become accustomed to when you're writing on an instrument, especially like guitar. So I think it's a great way to, um, yeah, to stimulate your creativity in your writing. Um, Kathy's saying she had polio. So yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah you, might, she did. you must be right then, Mike. Maybe that, that as an old school disease. I mean, also too, yeah. I feel like it, it's it's it almost for me because I don't want to say I know where everything is on the guitar, but we do at this point. You know, like as soon as you mm-hmm. play something, it doesn't take you that long to be like, oh, this is why it sounds good. But when it comes to an open tuning, it, it almost brings back that like magic of like, oh, this sounds great, and I have no idea why. You know, totally. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And, and, you know, sometimes you can listen to a song and within a few seconds be like, oh, they're they're playing G, D and C. And it's like on this yeah. capo or whatever. And it's just it's a little bit played out. Right. But then every now and again, I'll, I'll lift a song that's just the voicings. I can't pick them out by ear because I'm not used to hearing them. And uh, yeah. it gives us it gives a song. You know what? A cool, a cool example of that was actually um, Post Malone Circles. If you know that tune, I have not. I've listened to a few songs of his. I've not heard that song. So the guitar part, uh-huh. I'm pretty sure what he's doing, uh, based on the the learning of it that I've done, is he's it's C G F is the chord progression for pretty much the whole song. But instead of playing the traditional shapes, he's got um, a C power chord, like third fret A string, fifth fret D string, fifth fret G string. Right, like a C power chord. Yeah, with the E and the B strings ringing out open, so it's kind of like a C major seven kind of chord, right? But then what he okay, does yeah, is yeah. he moves through. Um, so then he moves to a G bar chord, but leaves those two E and B strings, the high strings, ringing open again, and then moves yeah. down to the F bar chord with the same E and B strings ringing out open. So you end up with like it's like C major seven G uh, six, I guess, and then. Uh, F major seven sharp eleven, which is a really grindy kind That's of a jazz kind of chord. chord. It's a jazz chord, yeah. But the and this is getting a little bit nerdy here, but it's like usually with a jazz chord, you're going to stack the notes so that it's like here's the C chord, one after another. Then on yeah. top of that's the seventh. Then on top of that is the sharp eleven, and that's sort of how the that's how we're used to hearing that that particular voicing 
has the yeah. sharp 11 sort of in the middle of the chord underneath the the e which is the seventh which gives it this kind of bizarre but cool uh sound to it so it's just there's different ways to spice up the the old school one four five but still have yeah. that relatable um pop sound to your stuff that's like a good writing exercise too to just be like oh i always write songs in standard try an open tuning or oh i always write songs on guitar write them on piano you know or write them all vocally you know yeah um i know that uh mm. that one producer the guy oh gosh he does sia uh mm. what's his name i don't know he's he he looks like a mess oh he's on that box over there i, I can't read it's too far um but uh he was saying he'll even write a song on bass with a singer that's cool and that way she can fill in the the gaps in terms of the harmony nice just cool yeah and the other thing too is like accessibility right like if we're, if we're saying that Joni mitchell had some physical limitation that didn't let her play traditional chords or whatever like how many students have you just shown drop d tuning to and you're just like you can play all the power chords with one finger you know what i mean yeah it's a way to like yeah, yeah. get into the instrument as well for people who um are just learning or heck if you can't play a power chord because of some for some reason like you can change the tuning of the instrument to accommodate that yeah. as well so um i think it's a great tool to have at your disposal and to stay open-minded about like what is possible and what um is you know gonna work for 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 you as a as an artist um it's a good idea all right you want to hit a he's tip? got a second question who who does Steve McPhee, Steve McPhee. I didn't know his last name was McPhee. Um, I just thought it, you know, I always called him Steve. All right. Let's- question number two. Why do country bands play wagon wheel? Uh, question mark. Do they hate themselves? Question mark. <laughs> um, and I mean, it's a, it's a interesting thing. What do you think, Al? Why, why do they? Well, I'm going to tackle this. Con- this is a two part question. I'm going to tackle it in two parts. Yeah. Do they hate themselves? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 It, Especially during Wagon Wheel. Is it related directly to Wagon Wheel? Probably not. I think just most musicians kind of just hate themselves. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> um, Self-loathing is my jam. Yeah. Why do country bands play Wagon Wheel? Because it's uh, it's popular and uh, people like it. And uh, you know what? Yeah. That, that, and I will say to the credit of Wagon Wheel, having played that song possibly more times than any other song... It's still good to me. Yeah, I still actually like it. Like the the lyrics are good. It's interesting to sing. Like I think it's just a really good song. You know, it's a lot better than singing "This Is How We Roll" by Florida Georgia Line. Yeah, yeah, or Cruise. Um, Yeah, pretty done with that one. Not that Um, I'm not like not that I'm not done with Wagon Wheel because I am. But if I still even now still play, I'm like, yeah, this song, this song. This song slaps, you know. I'm in, I'm into it. It's the same as like like um. I mean, it's not the same, but it is. You hear uh, about bands like Van Morrison doesn't like to play Brown Eyed Girl anymore. Oh god! And it's yeah. like, buddy, these people made your career. Yeah. So when you play a show, play goddamn Brown Eyed Girl, and people are gonna love it. You know. Yeah. Um. I remember seeing Counting. But yeah, Counting Crows. I saw them live. Opening from yeah. Matchbox Twenty, which is awesome, and uh, they didn't <laughs> uh, play Mr. Jones. They didn't yeah, play fuck it. that. Like that's their only hit. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes. You got to play your hits. Yeah. Like, obviously, like, the deep cuts, sure, or, like, the questionable ones, sure, but uh, you got you to gotta be... Uh, gotta be yeah, doing yeah i think so you gotta give the people what they want gotta dance with the date that brought you there oh yeah. i like that oh, yeah. well I, it's um the do they hate themselves thing i think it's kind of people do it like to feel like they've they're better than the song it's like you're not better than wagon wheel what the fuck are you talking no about, you play wagon wheel because that's what the job is that's what you're there to do yeah you're there to play wagon they're not wheel, there to see you chicken fried cruise yeah all the trope tunes like that's what people want to hear but if you play wagon wheel during an original set that would be kind of funny uh don't do like that's a no-no you know if you're playing an original set i feel like the covers gotta be like a reflection of you as an artist you know yeah i mean you know what like it's your stage it's your it's your you know 15 minutes like do whatever you want but i would yeah i would always recommend people play covers that are either by an, an artist of like a different gender, perhaps. Like if you're like a, like that's a move that I like to make is, you know, um, is I'll do a, a song by like a female artist. Uh, and yep. that way it's easier to make it your own, uh, or play a cover that's a little bit, uh, below the surface such that people could like mistake it for being your own tune. Sure. Sure. Um, or like something that people have forgotten about. You know what I mean? Like, I always yeah. like when I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot about that song. Like, when you played Torn, I was like, oh, yeah. Torn from, uh, who's it by? Natalie and Bruglia. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that was a like a jam back in the day, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But don't play, like, fucking Don't Stop Believing. Yeah, and that, that yeah, that's a great point. Um, finding those those gem tunes where people are like, oh, yeah, I haven't heard this song in, like, 10 years. Right. It's sick. Yeah. And when you can really, like, strike that chord for... No pun intended, but when you can like, when you can hit that note, you know, um, with it's people, powerful. <laughs> it's really, um, it really, it really is a nice thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it really adds to the live um, show. This uh, next question is pretty amazing. Um, would you like to read out what it is? Uh, okay. We're talking about, yeah. Okay. So Rich De Silva, friend of the show, excellent drummer. Uh, he's asked a pile of questions here. We'll see how many of them we can get yes. to. Yes. Line six spider or PV rage. Talking about guitar uh, amps here. I don't know what the PV rage is, but I can imagine. I think what that's it the is. amp Will had. The little tiny one. They're both yeah. digital amps. I gave him one that amp. significantly older. Oh really? Isn't it a bandit? That might be the Isn't P- that a PV bandit? I have no idea. Maybe the All I know the is one. uh what's his face called it PV Wonder, which is pretty funny. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> Um, um go ahead what's your take yeah you're you're the good you're the resident okay. guitar lines of spider here. is a much newer amp i mean if i if if it's the right thing i'm thinking about the line six spider for a starter amp is very fun it's got lots of effects on it you know so you can like get into it uh and like to be honest if i had to play a show with one i like it would be if it'd be fine the pv rage is pretty much just like a digital amp with distortion. Yeah, you know, it's it's fine. So I mean, your but, strategy with the PV Rage would be to probably just clean it up as much as you can and just drive it with yes. pedals, right? PV, there is a PV amp that people I can't remember. There's a few of them. Might be that the people bandit. were all about. Well, the thing about uh, the solid state clean amps, I think, is for like the uh, the uh, really fast picking traditional players, the traditional yeah. guitar players, is like the response 
of a solid state amp is faster than a tube amp. Like when you when you're playing sure. fast, the notes come out yeah, like yeah, yeah. more clear. Like and we're talking about like you know when you're playing like 200 kilometers an hour. Like I'm not I'm not reaching yeah. speeds where this affects me. But for people who are me neither, like, you know. But I I know there are yeah there were I saw in a few like session players from the 80s like they'd have these big stacks of like heads of PVs yeah and they would. You know, well, not of PVs, but PV was one of the ones in it. It's like cool, good for you. I'm just rocking that Line Six Helix, Helix baby. Well, here's the thing about the Spider. Um, not to be, well, I'm saying not to be a Line Six shill, but I feel like I am one because I just love their company. Uh, love to have you on the show, Line Six. Please sponsor us. I'd love to have some of your shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like just hook me up. <laughs> no, but like, so the Spider Four or whatever, like the newest Spider amp. Maybe it's not even the four. Maybe it's newer than that. Has the Helix sounds in it? Yeah. What? Yeah. So no. yes, I don't. I, I'm sure it's like a limited offering of what the the full range Helix will give you. But you're right. As a starting player, you it's can. Amazing. Yeah, you can dial in all kinds of tones, have fun with it, and then, I mean, if it's got a direct out and it's essentially partially a, a Helix brain, then you could just record straight to your computer with it. I'm not sure if it does have that, but yep. I imagine it would because they think of things like that. So I would go Spider all the way, but I got respect. For, I got mad respect for PV. I used to have a 5150, and it was dope. I'm trying to think which one that That's was. That's like the Van Halen amp. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah like that's a great amp. Yeah, and, like, uh, and then, of course, the little practice amp that I gave to Will. It sounds great. It's a little clean amp. Great. Yeah, it's kind of fine. All right, you yeah. want to tackle the next uh, question here? When should someone start charging more money for their services? Ooh. That is a good question. I don't feel qualified to answer it. What do you think, Al? <laughs> when would you start charging more money for your webcam uh, Well, this question also comes from fans? Rich. I mean, for my OnlyFans. Well, <laughs> if you look at like... I'm going to look at um, Long and McQuaid as an example, which is the company that yeah. uh, I teach underneath. I'm not like technically an employee, but I'm a contractor. And so every year my contract renews with them. And I think every other year I'm given the opportunity to raise my rate by like a dollar uh, per, I think it's per, I think it's per bad. half hour. Um, or is it, might be per hour. I, I actually don't know. But so, <laughs> so you know, every other year I'll be like, yeah, like I want to raise. You know, I'm not going to say no. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. What's the context in which you'd be like, nah, I'm good. Well, I remember I actually like the money. first time I got that, like when I didn't know a lot about working there, and, and they said that they're like, would you like to increase your rate this year? I was like, is this a trick question? <laughs> like I called my manager. I was like, what is? What are you? What are you asking me here? Like, yes, I do, but like, why is this? What is this? Like, uh, I just yeah. remember being like, "What?" And he uh, he said, "Well, um, most people will want to, but keep in mind that other teachers are other teachers who've been teaching here for less time have will have lower rates than you, and therefore you might not get as many uh, students applying sure. to you if you're a few yeah, dollars yeah. more expensive or whatever." So there's always a give and take, but I mean, looking at that model. Because if you think about inflation, right, every year yeah. the value of a dollar goes down, right? Gas gets more expensive, uh, except when there's a pandemic. Uh, rent gets more expensive. Groceries get more expensive. So a dollar buys you less every every year. Um, 
really like, you know, in fractions every, every minute of every day, right? Like the value of money is, is, is diminishing. So I think from like a, a business's perspective, um, they're going to increase the rates of their products probably, I would think annually and people yeah. are, are, you know, getting opportunity for raises annually. So I think it'd be a good idea to take a look back at your, your year that you've had and decide because every gig's different. You're going to charge charge differently based on what's happening, based on what sometimes people just offer you a ton of money and you're like, sweet. Um, sometimes you might turn some stuff down. So just taking stock of that year and say, okay, these are the gigs that I really enjoyed doing. This is how much I charged for them. These are the ones that I turned down because I didn't think it was enough, enough money. Looking back on that, was that a good idea? Was it not? Um these are the gigs that I didn't get because I asked for too much or there was some other reason, Yeah, you know, and just take stock of that and decide uh, if you want to bump it up. And if you do just, I would go in small increments. It really depends on what we're talking yeah. about, but it's like, you know, if you were charging a hundred dollars a gig as a side musician for the last couple of years and you've been working a lot and, um, you're too busy. You're getting busier and whatever. Yeah. Like you can, you can be, you can go to your artists and say, listen, like I, I'm, I'm hoping you can do 120 or 125 this year just because, you know, cost of I living is going up and I'd really still like to yeah. play with you and blah. But I think more realistically what happens is you take, as you get new clients, you start charging them your new price and the old clients, you yeah. usually kind of keep the old price. That's just kind of how it seems to go. But, um, one thing I remember from the Sean Giovanni podcast was, um, he was saying when he got new gear, especially for like producer stuff, like, I feel like if you're making like a dry, uh, a dry stick, a drastic hike in your rate, uh, you know, if you buy like a U87 and you know, the, the whole time you were recording with like, and NT2A. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a pretty good justification to be like, I'm going to add like $200 extra on top of each song that I record, you know? Sure, yeah. Or um, an extra 15 bucks an hour or whatever it's going to be. However yeah. You that's yeah. true. Bringing that that value there. Be like, this is why. We've got better gear now, yeah. you yeah. know? Or I've got yeah. this. If you got your master's in music, for example, and you've been teaching privately you can say to your clients or your students, I got my master's. I'm going to raise my rate a little bit because I have my master's now. You're getting a better, I'm a better teacher. I know more than I did before. And, and, and so, but I think that usually what happens with me is I just kind of like test the waters on the, on a new client. If I've been working in, let's say gigging or, or, or whatever for a bit. And, and, you know, a new client comes by and it's like, all right, well, I would have asked for, um, for, you know, 50 bucks an hour for a, a private lesson, I'm going to ask for 60 cause it's, I, you know, this is a new student and it's been a year since I've t- taken on a new student yeah. or whatever. So that only sort of makes sense with my own, uh, increased cost of living. So I think as long as you have a, a good, um, rationale for it in, you know, uh, in, in your own heart about like why you're making that rate increase and you're not just trying to rip people off, then I think it's, uh, I think it's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything to add? I I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, I, I, in the same way, I feel like more 
not aggressive, but more business-minded individuals would go to their old clients and be like, yeah, you know, this is my rate now and like I'm going to increase it and, you know, negotiate there, but I'm pretty much the same. Uh, you know, I'm expecting that it's going to raise, but say, for instance, if I, you know, went from being like, okay, I'm playing these cover gigs and a cover gig's 120 and now I want, you know, 160 a gig, mm-hmm. um, that's a pretty, like, pretty heavy jump so i'd only expect new people to give me that and then you know maybe my old clients you would eventually get up there the hope is because if you're playing with someone for 10 years and you've made the same amount of money the whole time that's a no-no you know you've fucked up you've done something wrong sure you're not getting better or you're not you know i mean if you're not getting better (laughs) you know there's no reason for them to pay you more yeah that's true but I mean, people should also respect that. Like, if you if you're working with good people, they're going to respect the fact that, like, you know, cost of living increases over time. Like, yeah, True. we've been doing this for five years. It's like hopefully they'll just sort of, um, hopefully they'll offer you more as as you play more shows. But yeah, I mean, I think it it, it depends on what service we're talking about. But I think usually, um, yes. if it's like teaching. You know, test the test the waters a little bit on maybe the, some new clients that are coming into you without, um, you know, blanket emailing your old your current clients and being like, "Look, I'm raising my rates by this much." You might get some backlash yeah. there. I would maybe say, you know, okay, okay, got a couple new students coming in. I'm going to try 16 hours instead of 50 and see if they go for it. And if there's no problems, if people are like, "Oh yeah, that's great. That's that sounds reasonable," and then you start teaching them and everything's fine. Uh, as you accrue more students at that price point, you can go back to maybe some of your old students and be like, look, like, um, cost of living's increasing. I'm going to increase my rate. Maybe you go, you know, they go to 55, not 60, but there's something, yeah, something there and, and, you know, in a respectful way. Um, and they should be fine with that. And then at least if they're not, um, you have some new clients on board and you know that you can get the rate yeah. that you, uh, that you need from new clients because you've tried you've tested the water out so if you if you lose some students then you know you you, you're confident that you can find some more but if you've only got five students and you just hit them all with an email at the end of the year being like i'm I'm going up 10 bucks and then you lose three of them then that hurts your bottom line a lot right so yeah i think that's important if you're busy then like if you are fully booked and you don't have a spare minute for another client that's a good sign that you need to hike your raise up and you're mm-hmm. going to lose people. Like that's one of the things that Sean Giovanni has said as well. The Nashville record producer. What one was he? Was he episode 32? Uh, he's owner of like a big Nashville studio yeah, might have been and his 31. whole thing uh, was you're going to have some of his clients, you know, he started off first, first song he did was free or was $15 an hour. And then they were just looking for a deal. So they didn't really care who they worked with. And when he raised his rates a little bit, they kind of pieced out. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, you don't want those clients, you know? You don't want the people who are just yeah. looking for the no-name brand of, you know, production. You want people that are like, I'm coming to Al because Al Rowe is, you know, he looks like Randy Travis and I hope he takes me on a date. Well, you do want those um, clients when you're just getting started because you need yeah, the experience yeah, yeah. and you need the demo reel. So now, I mean, if we're talking about recording but even with teaching too not that you're gonna teach for free but like you need people that will refer you to other clients so you can't right out the gate be charging you know full pop for stuff um because you need that word of mouth and you need that also you suck yeah and you're probably not that good you just start teaching i was the worst teacher when i started man like i was so bad at teaching yeah i I mean what can you do 
But I think that's, I mean, if you're looking at it from like a cold business perspective, and you, I think you brought up a good point there, Mike, is like, uh, if you're super busy already, then you can, you can afford the risk that you're going to lose some people. Um, but also, yeah. you know, hopefully the, the, you know, if, if it's a respectful ask on your end in terms of the rate increase that you'll be okay, potentially losing some people and then getting some other folks, uh, on board with the new rate, uh, new rates. So, yeah. You know, you got to kind of look at it a little bit like that, like risk assessment, and also consider what your clients can afford and what position they're in, too, right? Because yes. if you know that, um, if you know that they can't afford it, and you, you know, you go ahead and ask them for it, that's that's a little bit disrespectful, I think. So, yep, it might, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, and you don't, you don't want to you don't want to come across as, as selfish or, or anything like that either. And, and we're all doing what, you, what we got to do. And, and if you need to raise your rates, you need to raise your rates. But at that point, it might be worth sort of saying to the person, look, um, I'm, you know, I need to, I need to raise my rates because, you know, my rent just went up and my whatever just went up and I just bought some new gear. And, uh, and I know that might, you know, that might be rough for you. Like I would still love to work with you. Uh, if I have some openings, or, you know, here's this, here's my friend who's just, you know, who's been doing it yes. for a year and I think they're really great and you might also, and just give them that option maybe and don't just be like, I got to do what's best for me. I need this much. You know, it's yes. like you, you got to understand where other people are coming from too, I think. but That's a good point. Um, you were saying about the idea of what can the person afford. So this is a situation and like, so I won't give too many details because maybe the person's listening and maybe they'll know uh, that I'm talking about them, but I've seen with multiple people, but one particular person, um, and uh, they they played, you know, they were original artists. They played maybe one show, maybe two shows with their original music, uh, and you know, paying all their guys really well. I respect that. Yeah. Um, you know, they didn't make any money uh, on their show. And it, it's not you, to be clear, <laughs> You've played multiple shows. The oldest shows. criteria does played, apply to me, though. <laughs> well, you, you've played you've played multiple original shows, yeah. right? I've played one of them with you. Will's played, like, a ton of them with yeah. you. So this and person, I paid my like, guys they had super well, huge... and I made no money. <laughs> yeah, and this is the thing, right? Which is cool. Yeah. But so with this person, they had a massive band. Massive band, you know, like, like horn section and all that stuff. And uh, they never played a show again after that. And it's like, I would rather say to that person, you know what, on this show, you know, I would rather play like a ton of shows with that person and build something to get to the point that they could, you know, pay me that 250 mm-hmm. Because I've seen people too who they play with original artists and they're like, this is what my rate is. And I've spoken to a few of those original artists. They're like, is this fair? And I've, I've been like, me personally, like, you're going to bankrupt yourself and then you, you won't have a career you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's like you you want to give them a rate that's like yeah this is like not nothing uh and like this i'm investing in you and a year's time you can get me closer to that rate but if you're like yeah uh every original show i do is 300 dollars, and the person that blindly gives you that 300 dollars, mm-hmm. they'll play one or two shows and they'll be like i can't afford to play any more shows sure yeah you know yeah what i mean yeah so and it, yeah, if we're talking about the business of, of live shows as a side musician, um, there's a couple different ways to approach that. I mean, sometimes you just yeah. take the money because it's like, this is what I charge and they, they want to, yeah. you know, they yeah, want to yeah. hire me and it's cool. Like, I don't know this person super well, but I'm happy for the work That's, and I'm down, yeah, right? Yes. But it's like, there's also the, 
there there can also be projects where it's like you really want to um you know, like you said help build something and it's an original thing and it's like you, you, I think we've talked about this before like if I know that everybody involved in the gig is sort of getting the same amount then I don't really yes. care what that amount is but if I as soon as I feel like I'm getting underpaid because the artists like we're headlining some festival somewhere and they're like, yeah, I could only do 150, man. It's like, yes, what? You know what I mean? Like as soon as it starts to feel like the, the, there's an imbalance there, I think in terms of what, what's happening. But if we're playing a club to like 25 people and we're all really psyched about the tunes, like, I'm not, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna hang somebody out to dry on the on the money side of it right so it's it's all about yeah it's all about what's what's uh what's fair and what's sort of happening and defining your expectations and being up front too we've talked about that before as well it's like yeah coming into a gig and be like listen this is this is how much i can afford and i'm like i understand it's not uh what you normally get but whatever it's like no it's it's cool whatever i'm free that night let's do it you know, you can which, either do it or not yeah, do it. Or, um, one of the things too is if I trust the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard stories of a certain person uh, who was, you know, trying to get a rate from someone, uh, and like being like, "You're already on this show, so could you play my my gig for you know this amount?" And then while they were like messaging another person and trying to sort of like pin them against each other, mm, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like none of that. You know, like I like I'm not going to work with you in that way. It's not you know? really how it works. I mean, you can do that with yeah. you know Walmart or whatever, but this is like a yes, this is a person to person kind of business. So I th- I think yep, people have to be sensitive to that. Yeah, um, and the one other thing I think is important to mention too is like if you are gonna give somebody a, a break, like you can always say, look, this is what I normally charge, um, but because of this, yes. this, and this, I'm willing to do it for this and. I'm, Sean Giovanni said that as I'm well. I'm cool with that, you know, and you have to be cool yeah. with that. You can't walk away from that situation and be, and, bitter. And be bitter about it. Like if you take the gig, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. your gig and be psyched that you have it because yeah, it's, we're all very lucky to have work, you know, and, and <laughs> yeah. that's, that's cool. So, you know, there is no obviously hard and fast rule to answer this question and we've gone on at length, but I think it's, yes. I think communication is important and, uh, and, and, and accountability and honesty is important. One more thing, Sean Giovanni did say that. You know what he does with the people that he does the lower rate or the zero thing mm. is he sends them, he said in the episode, uh, he sends them an invoice afterwards with the price that he would charge mm-hmm. and then a 100% discount. Yeah, right. Saying this is how much it would have been, but I'm giving you a deal. Like you understand this, yeah. you know what I mean? Sure, um, yeah. So that that's, that's a good one. And there are reasons for, as we said, wanting to do that. But yeah, like making it clear that this is what the person is getting. This is how much value you're getting. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's hopefully great. we've covered that in a way that, <laughs> that makes sense and, uh, and, and, and comes across the way that, that we intended it to. Uh, all right. Now, a little bit of a lighter question here, also from Rich. What brand of black T-shirts will get you the best gigs? Ooh, I, this is this is something that I'm I'm torn about. Um, I always wear shirts that are too tight, man. Gotta stop doing. What's that. your brand? Of I think choice? I was a thinner man. H and M divided, right? So not just H and M, the divided shirts. You took a step up. Uh, 
Yeah, the well, I, I I don't know if it's up or down, but it just seems to be the divided ones are the shit. Uh, that's why I'm so successful and why I'm not working right now. I'm wearing an H&M shirt uh, right now, actually. This is the Tri-Blend. Really? Tri-Blend V-neck t-shirt. It's not black, though. Obviously, you can't Ooh. get Tri-Blend in black, but I think that looks really good. Uh, I was an H&M uh, guy for a long time. I'm kind of, I think I'm a Zara guy right now. Bought most of my clothes there. Zara's the shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah they got these cool tees that like, they aren't V-neck tees, but they've got, a, there's a certain fit that they have that looks really, uh, yeah. looks really cool, I think. And they're not, you know, the typical kind of, what would you call like a crew cut t-shirt? Is that what, it, is that what you'd call? Like, the I don't know anything about fashion. Yeah. All I know is I've been told I wear, like, I want to have a tightish form-fitting shirt but i actually have been fucking around with a black shirt that's really big like i have an extra large shirt okay black shirt that i bought from talese it's actually a calvin klein shirt it was pretty cheap which was dope but uh and you know you french tuck that bad boy Mm. so not all the way tucked around and i'm excited to rock that on a gig nice you know yeah when i get one (laughs) underrated uh underrated shirts actually are the walmart basic t-shirts they've got kind of i can't remember the name of it but it's like you know it's the same probably exactly the same shirts that h&m selling you too it's like they're all you know made in the same warehouse or whatever but like uh, same sweatshop (laughs) uh yes um but anyways (laughs) underrated pretty decent cheap they're like seven bucks or whatever it's good it's a good spot to be but i i think you know what i think a lot of guys have been and, and and side musicians have been branching out from the black on black I've seen more. I've been yeah. seeing more color yeah, yeah. lately, and uh, I've been trying to wear more color. It's been nice. It's been nice. Yeah, it, it, it's true. I, I do need to pay more attention. That is the promise that I've made to myself when things return: is that I'm going to actually, for every gig, pay attention to outfits, mm. and I'm going to look real dope. How about accessories? Um, Where do you get your accessories? You got good accessories. I don't have good accessories. Yeah, I, I was getting them from H and M, and I remember back in the day when I was real bold with my fashion. Um, and uh, I was getting them from like like weird thrift shops and like Kensington and stuff like that. I had some crazy wacky belts, but uh, I, now I'm just yeah, just H and M. Like I just need to have something on my wrist to be like I showed up, and paying <laughs> I made attention, an effort. <laughs> yeah, we got a cool. I, I got a cool bracelet from. Uh, you might have been there actually when we were in Ottawa, uh, and we walked around the downtown area of Ottawa when we were playing Crazy Horse, and there was a. There was like a stand I outside. Know, Maybe you weren't there. Played crazy I think Holt was there. Anyways, no. there's these yeah. little like uh, little leather bead sort of things, like very very hardened leather little beads on a on a, yeah, yeah, yeah. On a bracelet. That's pretty cool. It broke though. So, but if you can find those unique little things, you know, it's real nice. It's real nice. I would it's like nice to touch. up my accessory game. Yeah, but I'm not going to. Uh, I need to up my clothing game before I get into. Odds and ends. That's like upping your cable game if you don't have any pedals. Yeah. <laughs> You're rocking like the... We, I don't even know. What what are shitty pedals? I, I haven't experienced those. I, uh, well... The Metal Zone? Metal the Metal Zone, zone I never liked. People like that boss one. Metal Zone? Yeah. Yeah? I know people like the orange one that was on a lot of punk records. The OD2? Right? Yeah, that isn't the the yellow one. The, the, the OD I thought was yellow, and then the distortion was orange, mm. and then the metal zone was black with orange writing. Okay, um, I'm picturing it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, to be honest, distortion by itself 
Like, have you ever listened to a distortion pedal shootout? No. I don't have the patience for it's that. It's just, yeah. Well, so for me, when I was buying all my stuff, I'm like, I'm going to find the best distortion. doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, that idea is flawed. But uh, I listened to a distortion shootout, and it just doesn't sound good. You know, like, by itself, distortion guitar, you know, like, if you just listen to 30 different ones of it, it's like, all of these kind of don't sound good. It's like the context yeah. that makes them good, you know? The only the only time I've watched shootout videos is with, like, vintage gear versus new gear that's ah. trying to emulate it to see how close they can get. That yeah, yeah. I find that mildly interesting to a point, uh, but really, I don't, uh, I don't have the patience. It also depends on the method in which they do them, right? You can like get great tone, really you clinical. Can get great tone at anything, man. This is true, hundred percent. And I agree. A good um, a good guitar is going to go way further than any of the other elements, in my opinion. Especially with digital yeah, I, stuff now. I, digital, you just have access to I, all the tones ever. Yeah, just get a really yeah. good guitar and go from there, dude. If I had the full Helix, like because I have the Stomp just like you. Uh, you know, there's a track where they have a telly on it and I'm convinced if I had more blocks to mess around with the tone and make, you know, my, my strat brighter, uh, and make it more like compressed and all that stuff. I think I could make a strat sound like a telly. It's just, you know, you only have like six blocks on Helix. Right. Yeah. Uh, Right. Yeah. Yeah, They do limit you a little bit. Yeah. Those fucks. Um, so anyways, that's our fashion advice, which ended up being gear advice. So don't, don't look to us <laughs> for, ends up gear for advice. fashion advice. Uh, <laughs> all right. What else can we get uh, to here? Boxers or briefs uh, from Steve McPhee. I have seen the G string on stage when you turned around. What are your top choices? More chirps from um, Steve. Uh, it's, it's yeah. boxer briefs and it's not close. And anybody, uh, who wears underwear boxes will tell are too you that. open. Yeah. yeah. I accidentally bought briefs and I'm still wearing them just because I'm, you know, I'm cheap. Right. Like I bought a bag thinking they were boxer and briefs. And you're so disappointed. Uh, yeah. It's too contained. Yeah. You know? And then you're, but um, then you're like, I have to wear these for their lifespan cause I spent the money on them. Yeah. 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 I feel you, man. Which is their lifespan is too long because, sure. you know. Yeah. Don't replace clothing. No. God, no. <clears throat> been wearing the same clothes for like 10 years. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have certain shirts that I've been wearing since I was like 18, man. Like, <laughs> some of my like gym shirts are just riddled with holes. Yeah. Sure. Well, gym clothes. Say the whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. How long have we been going for here? Oh, not that long, actually. I have no All right. So another question from our friend Rich. How do you balance taking work that you're passionate about with work that you need because it pays the bills the bills those bills baby i mean serb's been paying my bills lately so i can take all the passion gigs i want (laughs) justin trudeau's just been sliding money right into my pocket yeah baby um um i don't know (laughs) that's a good question i feel like if you had like he's a successful dude rich is more successful than me much more you know what i mean so like like uh, i feel like you you have a diversity of incomes like you know someday this podcast may make us money um and then you know like the fact that you guys produce i i think that makes you more flexible to be able to take 
better gigs because it's like, well, if I don't take this gig, I'm going to be producing, you know, and I'm going to do that on a Tuesday and, you know, you can't play a gig usually on a Tuesday and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like I think that's my only strategy is just have a diversity of income and not just because if you're only there's a few players that I know of that are only players and they've only ever been players and they don't like their whole thing is I don't teach uh, I don't work a job. I just do gigs and they literally take every single gig that they can. I'm not a big fan of that. Unless you live in Nashville or like you're really busy with good stuff. I don't think that that's a good right out the gate strategy. I mean, you know? it's going to vary for, for everybody. Like I would, I would yeah. approach it from this angle and this is kind of cheesy, but like, I feel very privileged in the sense that every gig or like work, uh, contract or whatever that I undertake, I do have a passion for in sure. different ways, right? But like even, for example, the wedding gigs that, that we take that a lot of people be like, oh, wedding gigs, whatever. It's just pays the bills or whatever. It's like, well, it's actually sweet because I'm in this band with a lot of people that I really like and, and I'm really, yeah. feel really um, inspired to, to play my best and do my best and whatever. And like, I don't, it doesn't feel like a slog to me. Like I would get on stage tomorrow and play a wedding gig. Like g- give me any gig. It's been so long. Yeah. But like, at this point, you know I'd what play I mean? But fucking... I, I think there's, um, and actually I think rich would probably agree with this and, and would be, and he's quite good at this in his own right, but it's like, find the passion for the work that you have. Yeah. You know, put some effort. Also make it better. Yeah. Like put some effort in on your end to make it better to make it more enjoyable for yourself, you know, rather than sort of looking at this gig or that gig. It's like, Oh, I don't really, I just, I just take this gig for the money. I, I mean, we're, we don't do this for the money. If we wanted money. We would have worked for a bank. You know what I mean? Like, so find that I, I would encourage people to start trying to do that a little bit. But I mean, in the broader sense of just like, you know, what are you going to do? Like, a, what, how do I balance, for example, taking gigs for my own original music that pay no money versus, you know, taking a wedding gig to, to pay the rent. It's, it's a bit of a balancing act. You got to be smart with your money. You've got to save, you've got to be prepared for, yeah. Um, like if you're the person who's living like month to month, you barely have enough money to cover your rent. You don't have, you don't have the option where if like a festival wants to take you on as a original artist, but you had a wedding gig that night that paid 400, you can't take that festival gig because you need that money yep. too bad. Whereas if you if you're ahead by a couple months on your expenses, you can take a hard look at that and be like, okay, is this worth doing? Maybe I take this off, and it's like, okay, well, next That's month I'm really gonna have point. to, you know, do a little bit extra, or pick up an extra teaching shift to make up for it or whatever. But like, you can make those plans. But if you're if you're right down to the, you know, if you're an overdraft every month or whatever, then you you don't get to to make those decisions. So. um I would I would say okay, yeah. th- there's a, there's a bit of an element of that, and I think there's also just a bit of an element of just like enjoy music, man. It's fun. All this stuff that we do is super yep. fun, and I love it. So that's my take. Would you with your wedding gigs though? If you were doing wedding gigs, I mean six days a week, you'd be making pretty damn good money. <laughs> yeah, so man. I don't uh, I don't think you'd be too upset about it. But if you were only able to do wedding gigs, you couldn't get any gigs doing your own music because you didn't have the hustle you know mm. um you'd be depressed you know you'd be like this is what i'm worth you know just playing weddings only yeah i think it's like you, you should be pursuing 
things, many things, you know, uh, that's what we're doing, you know, and, and I still, I still get bummed out. I'm like, Ugh. you know, but I think this podcast has brought a lot of meaning to everything. And, um, you know, the fact that it's side guy stuff and production, you know? Yeah. And the, the, your point about money too, I feel like if you're living month to month, then, you know, Oh, fuck you, you you got bigger problems you know yeah and um, you know not to like we're not trying to slag on anybody but i just think that's that gives you that gives you that option to to decide what you yeah. want to do or what you don't want to do so your first goal um, is to get out of that hole i, though, I would make you know? that a huge priority yeah um yeah. and that, and then you can you've bought the 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 luxury of being able to be choosy precisely yeah yeah. Precisely. I love that. Yeah, I love it. Um, all right. I want some more of I think it. We've hit, I think we've hit that one up. Um, all right, let's jump to a different writer here. Uh, RJ Sachathanandan, our guest from a couple of episodes past. Limited or constructed magic, he asks. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what any of those are. Witchcraft is is not my thing. Okay, well, I mean, it's it's obviously it's it's always limited. It's not even close for me, anyways. Uh, it's way more fun. Drafting is the best. It's different every time. It's got great replayability. Uh, if people are interested in watching Limited Magic, come by my stream Twitch.tv/slash yeah. Music. See how fun it is. Uh, but if you like constructed, that's fine too, I guess. When I showed you the game, Mike, we 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 did a draft, so that's what limited is. It, yeah. it was fun. You know what it felt like though to me? It's like the experience that I had with StarCraft and most games that come out now. Uh, you know, you've been playing Magic your whole life, so I think it's it's not as difficult for you to keep up. Like I don't, obviously, you know, you spend your time right. nerding out and researching stuff, but. I think in order for me to get competitive in that game and really enjoy it, I would really have to research some stuff, you know? Uh, I don't want to do that. Like, StarCraft, man, I, I couldn't just casually play it, you know? Because you just get stomped. But, uh, so, yeah. fuck you, Magic. It does take a... Games. There is a bit of a bar- barrier to entry, but, um, the, you know, the, the other nice thing with Limited is you're only working with one set at a time. So, there True. isn't... 20 years of history that you need to know um to get into it you're working with 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 one set at a time whatever's out right now so there is you know a lot of like theory or whatever in like terms of like what tends to work and what tends to not work in terms of strategy and stuff like that but but you know you could learn one set of cards so that is very so that's i mean that's the other thing for limited whereas some of the constructed formats are using you know, 20 years worth of magic cards. Anyways, enough magic card talk. I could go on all, all podcasts. Um, <laughs> There's an important question that you missed, actually. Go ahead. Hit me. Um, uh, it's also by Rich DeSilva. Okay. It, it, you can tell he's really taking this seriously. Yeah. Uh, what brand of chips goes best with a sandwich at lunch? <laughs> this is a dig it out. Yeah. <laughs> and what type of bread should that sandwich be? <laughs> All right. Well, do you want do you want to hit this or do you want me to hit this? I I I don't really have a lot of sandwiches. Yeah, so you you're eat the very expert. clean. Okay, so the best chips are Doritos, Sweet Chili Heat. It's not even close. Uh, really? Yeah. I like ranch, man. You like Doritos Ranch? 
Yeah. Okay, but R- okay, but let's okay now let's power rank the chip brands though. Are Doritos like the that. are the like are Doritos important. the number one chip overall? Like Ooh, versus Lay's or whatever I, else. I'm not a big fan of Lay's. Lay's are like a weak version of Miss Vicky's. Oh you yeah, know? you're Miss Vicky's. Yeah. yeah. Miss Vicky's like stings. You yeah, know? it hurts. Yeah, like it it's actually good. hurts it to eat. I kind of like yeah. it. You know, um, I, I I would I Doritos is own thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Doritos. I, I love Doritos. Nothing can compare to that. You know, yeah. but Doritos and Miss Vicky's are totally opposite. You can eat Doritos until you're fucking sick. Yeah. If you do that with Miss Vicky's, your tongue is cut up and sad. That's true. You know. Yeah. You know what's a, another good one though? There's a brand that does Korean barbecue Ooh. chips, and they're like, I don't want to say they're fancy, but they're you know they're good. I can't remember what the brand is. Check them out though. Purple Bag Korean barbecue chips. They're like in grocery stores in Ontario. They're the shit. Nice. What about you? What's your what's your power rank? I mean, well, it'd be. I uh, see. I'm not a huge kettle chip guy, so Miss Vicky's for me is yeah. not. Is not uh, really rough. up there. It's a, it's very greasy. I don't I don't like that. Sure, feeling. sure. Um, I'm I like corn chips a whole lot more oh, than yeah. I like potato yeah, chips. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. it'd be you know a, like Doritos. But if we're gonna get into like potato chips, uh, Uncle Ray's barbecue, which I think is only Uncle sold Ray. in Northern Ontario, is don't so know good. And if you can't get that, then Lay's barbecue is okay as well. Um, Ruffles, I like Ruffles too. Ruffles are, eh, Ruffles are good. Nah, I don't know. No, they're fine. Yeah. They're acceptable. Yeah, they're you know fine. they don't compare to Miss Vicky's to me. Yeah, I'd, I'd have met Miss Vicky's before I'd have Ruffles. I think. I do find that Miss Miss Vicky's kind of make my tum hurt too. Yeah, Doritos, I can really have a lot and like regret. <laughs> you know. So yeah, I mean the, the best Doritos flavor for my money is sweet chili heat, followed by jalapeno cheddar. But it's not. It's not I close. Had that. Though sweet chili heat is way it's better. Not close. No, uh, and then you know maybe after that it would be like just the regular cheese one, and then the regular cheese one's solid. Yeah, chip, it's solid. Man. And then there's, <laughs> and then there's you know whatever other ones they've got. Um, what kind of bread should your sandwich be on? I like bread. Like I like. I want to believe that it's good for me, even though I know it's not. You know. But I want to. I, I want to yeah, feel yeah. like I'm eating something healthy. So I want the ones with like the grains in it. You know, twelve grain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Been rocking uh, just... Dempster's Ancient Grain. Yes, l- lately. that's a solid one. Yeah. Yep. So at least like you know, if you're just eating straight white bread or like brown bread or whatever, Wonder that's, bread. That's not good. I don't like Fuck, that. Fuck, man. If you're for eating Wonder Bread, man. Like, uh, it's it. It just. It's not. I, I think it's more expensive to buy a whole grain bread. Obviously, sure. Um. But if you're, if it's not a money thing, if it's like, oh, I like white bread more, it's like, is it really that much better? Unless it's like an Italian, yeah, an Italian like crusty kind of loaf or something that's real good, yeah. or uh, potato but buns, like off. for burgers, right? Like uh, brioche kind of potato bun. Those are so I've never good. Had those. The last time I had Wonder Bread oh. actually was at, I actually bought a bag of Wonder Bread, which is obviously you know very on brand with you know who I am. Uh, yeah, 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 you know. Uh, on the exterior, but I, I actually don't buy Wonder Bread, but I did buy it as a as a uh, starter to make a starter paste for burger patties. So here's what you do. So wh- here's what you do. 
you you take I think it's two pieces of 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 white Wonder Bread. You take the crusts off. So this is like full on white dude here. Okay, take the crusts yeah. off, and then you break it up into little pieces. You put it into a bowl with uh, milk, uh, Worcestershire sauce, a little bit of ketchup, and maybe garlic also, probably garlic. And you mash it all together, and it turns into this gooey, gross-looking paste, right? And then you put your beef in that. You mix that with the beef, and then you make your patties, and they're so juicy on the grill. They don't. They never get really? dried out. Yeah. So... Uh, th- the fact that that bread turns into a paste, yeah, is, is a me. is a telling <laughs> thing. Yeah, yes. Um, the fact that certain ice creams don't melt as well. Ooh, like what? That's a bad sign. Which ones? That there there are certain ice creams that do not melt. That's weird because they're that chemical. Oof. That's that's rough. Yeah, shouldn't be putting that in there. You know? Yeah. Don't you put it in your mouth if it don't look good to eat. <laughs> Um, okay, well, that's that. Yeah, uh, I think we, that's the definitive answer. I think we hit it up. Yeah. Um, ooh, is, is this from your lady? Is this a question from your lady? Oh, yeah. Katie Marinzel. <laughs> okay. So, who is your second favorite drummer? And is it Rich DeSilva? Who's your f- number one favorite drummer? Well, I think that's the, uh, that's the dig. That's the internal dig of that yeah. question. Yeah. I what, mean, what, who, I, who is it for you? <laughs> I, I mean, I I don't know. I like I like drummers on certain songs. Like Steve Jordan on Continuum is like everything I want to be, and also that live John Mayer album, mm-hmm. uh, live uh, where the light is. That's pretty amazing when he does the trio. Yeah. Uh I mean, yeah, Steve. Other than that, Steve is I dope. really like uh, what's his name? Oh gosh, the guy from Toto on Rosanna. Yep. It's like Jeff track Picaro. to track for me. Like Rosanna. Yeah, Jeff Beccaro kind of is in line with what I like feel like as a musician in terms of like what I would want to be someday. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I'll give uh, you some. Well, my you know who my favorite used, drummer used to be? Uh, Chad Travis Smith. Barber? Chad Smith from the Chili Peppers. Oh, from, uh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, they, they, their stuff feels great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Travis Barker, Blink One Eighty Two, is amazing too. Yeah, he inspired know? a lot of young drummers. Let's get, I'll give you an underrated drummer, because uh, I, I mean, I love obviously love Steve Jordan, love Aaron Sterling as well. Um, yeah, but uh, underrated drummer Jimmy Chamberlain from uh, Smashing Pumpkins. I don't know anything about him. Okay, well, if Tell you want to hear more. some sick drumming, uh, the record that I know the best is called... Is it Siamese Dream? It's called Siamese Dream by Smashing Pumpkins. That sounds familiar, yeah. Sick drumming. Uh, so that's that's maybe an underrated one. Uh, I love Dave Grohl's drumming. I love Taylor Hawkins' drumming. Uh, there is a, like a mythology behind Dave Grohl yeah. in his drumming. He's that is very, cool. very good. Yeah. Um, who else? Let's see. There was one other one. That, oh yeah, the drummer for Paramore. If you're into like rock drumming, really? yeah, I loved Paramore when I listened. If you're to into her, rock I mean, drumming, the drummer for Paramore is sick. The shit, real good. So, anyways, there's a 
There's a little I, the, little handful. The point to take away from this is that you're not even on my fucking radar, Rich, so <laughs> fuck off. I know that you didn't ask this question, but this is going to be the clip. Fucking fuck off, Rich De Silva. <laughs> Nobody likes you. Uh, all right, so we got another got another couple questions here. We'll try to try to hit them up. I've got another question from KR. I just want to try and pull that up. Oh on yes, the, uh, live chat here. Live shows are taking on a different makeup. What do you know about the drive-in concerts that are starting to happen, Mike? What do you know about the drive-in concerts that are starting to happen? Well, those are just rumors uh, spread by uh, my opponents that uh, that I have nothing. I have no further comment. No, uh, one of the things that I heard is that the the sound is actually coming through the radio. You tune Ooh, into cool. a frequency, which is that is cool as shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, once again, great reason to have direct in guitar tone. Oh yeah, because you know that's what they're gonna that's what they're gonna be hearing. They're not gonna be hearing your your amp. I mean, I guess there's some bleed through your your car windows and shit, but that's a great idea. Um, I don't know shit about them. Well, I could you know do a quick shout out actually for uh, the Harmonia Music Festival. Ah, all right, and this is happening. Let me make sure I get all the details right. This is a show that uh, me and the Agenda Boys are going to be involved in here. And um, I think you changed the name of the the group to the Agenda Boys. (laughs) The Agenda Boys. (laughs) All right, so so you can get tickets on Eventbrite. And the show is the Harmonia Fest, H-A-R-M-O-N-I-A Fest. Uh, It's a four-week drive-in concert series in Milton at the Italian Cultural Center of Milton, 104 Tremaine Road in Milton. Cultural Um, Center. And I'm performing uh, with the the boys for uh, Leah Daniels, Nicole Ray, Alessia Cole, Brie Taylor, uh, and Mackenzie Lee Meyer is also oh, opening oh, the show on, uh, on acoustic. And Susie oh, Corey okay. is also opening the show on acoustic. So there's two acoustics. It would be a treat Acoustic acts, play, and then uh, we're, we're, we're backing up four artists as, as a band because yeah. they don't want to switch musicians because of, you know, sanitary concerns and all that, all that stuff. So um, It's also cool to have a house band. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's going to be sweet. Deal. There's no changeover. We can just, like, really dig into... We'll have great sound because we get the whole sound check. That's <laughs> all one yes. band. So it'll be great. Um, so this is on the 29th of August, next Saturday. If folks want to come check it out. Um, and uh, buy some tickets and support these great female female artists. And uh, So it's called the Harmonia Festival because if women ran the world, we wouldn't have so much fucked up stupid stuff going on? Well, you could go with that. Yeah, <laughs> you could go with that. Um, so yeah, come on by support support your boy. I don't actually believe Al that. Here I just, and, I don't know. Uh, I'm just extrapolating and support these things. great female artists. <laughs> Why is it called the Harmonia Festival? I don't. I don't know. I think it's referred to. Uh, oh no, it is just this one night, the country night. Oh, oh, K. Row knows more about the show than you do. Well, that's not surprising. It's a fundraiser. <laughs> Uh, what is it fundraising for? Fundraising. I mean, you know what? I'm, I'm going to look it up. Okay. Well, Harmonia Festival. Anyways, so that's going to be a drive-in show. I don't really know what it's going to be like other than the people drive in and they watch. And, uh, yeah, if they're broadcasting on our radio frequency, that's pretty cool as well. 
Uh, but it's going to be a great show. So I'm, I'm really excited for it. The lineup is is stacked. Uh, and I'm excited to get up on stage and, and be able to play for some uh, play for folks again. Oh, um, okay. Well, that there you go. That makes sense why it's all girls then. It's for like a, like battered women and abused women shelter. Oh, right on. So it's for a good cause. There you go. That makes sense. It's also for a great cause. Right on. Oh, that's interesting. They didn't. That, that's always funny. I, I play charity things sometimes too. And like, it's like, I never know the details. Yeah. You know, like sometimes it's like, it's for the kids. And it's like, well, what kids? Well, I'm going to look on the uh, Eventbrite page and it's not, uh, it does not say that it's a fundraiser, but hey, that's even better. Hey, well, fuck it. It's for a good cause. Even better. So. Come on out, folks. Enjoy some live music for the first time in six months. And uh, I think the other thing that's cool, actually, is that they're doing, um, you can still get drinks and food and stuff. It's just you have to order it in advance. So, oh wow! On your way into the show, I'm pretty sure this is how it's going to work. Is like if you purchased food with your ticket, you just tell them on the on your way in, and they just hand you a box with the food and the drinks in it. So you never have to go. You don't have to go up and wait in line at a bar or whatever. Like the idea is that you like stay as close to your car as possible. People aren't sort of wandering around and infecting each other with covid right so yeah yeah yeah. so that's that's the other cool thing is they've they've really thought of everything in terms of the the social distancing aspects of the of the night so looking forward to it i mean really good that'll be great man Uh, all right that is always i feel like uh, charity wise i have not contributed to any like good causes you know like enough right you know i feel like my 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 existence is very selfish so when i play a gig and it's like oh it's helping people i'm like i mean i'm playing it because i'm a musician and trying to make a living but it's like makes me feel like two percent better about it's a nice it's a nice bonus for sure yeah Yeah. it's always inspiring to be a part of uh those types of, of of things for sure um all right what do you what do you think should we hit up one more i'll let you choose yeah oh uh I mean, it, we, this is a question by M- Mark. I always fuck up his name. Rankin? <laughs> like, I know that it's, there's more. I, I'm saying Rankin. Rankin? Uh, is there, what's, is there an inflection that I'm missing? I think it's just missing, Rankin. You know I mean? Rankin. Rankin. Yeah. Rankin. Rankin. Okay. Yeah. The problem that I get is I talk to different people and they say different things like, you know, let's say Rankin. You know, yeah, I Rankin. don't think it's Rankin. I think that's just what people default it's to Rankin. because of the Rankin family. Yeah, but um, I think it's okay. R- so it's, it's more Mark of like Rankin. a Rink- Rankin. Yeah, but but hey, you I know like what? It. I mean, yeah. I've known the guy for years, and maybe I'm saying it wrong right now, and and feel like a jerk if I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's a member of the agenda. He's a bassist. He's also on the Harmonia Festival. Yes, indeed. Uh, so if if you want to see him, then you you know he's also on an episode of this tickets. podcast from. Uh, a few he months is. back. Yeah. I wish I knew the actual like numbers of these. I feel like that's like an at, not that's like a, a strategy for getting people to listen to all your podcasts. I just don't. Right. I don't. I'll just just scroll up on your podcast app, you know. Yeah. So hey Al, hey Michael. Uh big fan of the show. Thanks, Mark. It would mean the world to me if you can each share your favorite story. Or stories from the road. You go first because I can't think of one. Oh man, you got you anything? Throw this at me. You're, you, when you're fucking 
when your van broke down in that city, when you guys that's true. That's that's Abigail. hard to beat. That is hard to beat. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, just tell that one. Well, while you're okay. Thinking. So quick, quick. Uh, we've told this one before, but just so I used to be in a band called Aberdeen. We were a pop punk band from Toronto, and we were trying to go on tour to play this show uh, out in BC and, and do some stops along the way to sort of fill up the gas tank, hopefully uh, make a little bit of money or whatever to to pay for said gas and. Uh, we drove by uh, the city, the town of, of Dryden, Ontario, which um, has a paper mill. That's one of the, the, the main sort of things that's going on there. And if that's, any of you folks are familiar exciting. with paper mills, they smell pretty bad, uh, depending on which way the wind is blowing. And so we smelled this, this scent, and we didn't know what it was. We thought that our food and our cooler had gone bad, so we stopped, uh, threw out a bunch of food that was totally fine, and then continued driving and broke down because our engine seized in our van, which um, if, if, if people don't know what that is, it's pretty much your your, your vehicle is dead. And there's no oh. no way to, to, to come back from that. So we got towed back to this town of Dryden. And the people that were super nice, we actually ended up getting our engine replaced, which was ridiculously expensive. And uh, fortunately, we had the support of our parents to bail us out of that one. And uh, they were super kind to, to do so and help us out. Cause we, we didn't really know how we were going to get home. We were about a day and a half drive away from Toronto with a bunch of gear and a trailer uh, full of merch. So uh, anyways, we ended up getting the, the engine replaced. We had to cancel all the dates on the, on, on the tour. Cause we had to be there for like a week while the van got repaired and the people of the town were super nice to us. They all took us in and uh, we were staying at uh, one of the, the GM dealership employees' houses for like for free. They just invited us to stay, fed us, uh, and showed us around they loved town. You and too. and yeah. and we went to a couple of parties and stuff. And then we actually ended up playing you a couple guys were like shows. Celebrities. They wanted yeah. to, they wanted to have us play. And we uh, the highlight was uh, we opened for uh, a band called Stereos, which was a pop. Uh, Rock band from back in the you day. If fucking stereos there. If anybody remembers those guys, they were. Uh, they, I remember stereos. Yeah, they were on tour at the time, and they were stopping in at uh, at the Dryden Center for the Arts to do a show, and we actually got to open for them, and uh, it was it was super sweet. So, and we will always remember, and I'm still in touch with with some of the folks from from out there, even like ten or whatever years later. So that's crazy. Uh, it's uh, it's it was quite a heartwarming story for you know, what could have been a pretty huge disaster for us uh, as a band. So there you go. I, I know what story I wanted. To <laughs> I just can't, I just can't does it tell involve the full a, details. Does it involve a hotel room at the Emerald? Yes. After a show was at being, uh, Big Texas in uh, St. Catherine? Yes. Yeah. I was being put up. I'm not going to get into the full details yeah. of it. If you know the, me personally, the, or if you want to DM me, yeah, the people uh, who know you know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, I essentially, after a ridiculous night, many things that were ridiculous. We were being put up in a fucking like retirement home. Uh, I ended up naked in a bathtub full of ice, completely passed out. Uh, <laughs> And that's it. That's all I can really tell you. Yeah. Uh, just because I don't know. I mean, it's vulgar as fuck. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's coming from me. Yeah. Just trust me. Fill in the blanks. Yeah. 
There you go. This was a long time ago. I'm not that much of a wild man anymore. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a good night. Big Texas. I had a real lots good time. Of, lots of memories from uh, Big Texas Niagara Falls. What? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great joint. In fact, we're going to be um, chatting with somebody who was there. Hopefully next week on the show. Yeah. So, Oh shit! Well, uh, well, we'll 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 leave it there. We'll leave it there. Um, yeah, we'll leave it there. Is that? Do you want to hit any other questions, or do you think we're? Uh, that's a good question. Oh wow, we got actually we got more questions. I didn't even see those. Um, Taylor Preston, what is your best advice for beginning musicians and artists? Uh, let's go with the joke one uh, first. Actually, okay. Uh, also from Taylor Preston. In a cage fight, who would win? Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage is what it sounds like. Nicholas. Or the cage. Uh Nicolo Nicholas Cage <sighs> sounds like a like a European version of Nicholas Cage. More European. Yeah. Um but uh I, that's a good question. I mean, Nicholas Cage isn't particularly tough to my knowledge. He's just but he's crazy. He, yeah, he's fucked. Like you can't underrate uh, you know, there's 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 people with that the people who have any amount of empathy in them, you know, they might let they might take their foot off the gas pedal in a fight at any point because they're like, oh, I don't want to hurt this person. I don't want to. You know, you I go. don't want to really hurt this person. Nicholas Cage, go. you know, he watched the light go out like he's not. <laughs> He's not afraid. You know what I mean? You like said he, something like that about me. <laughs> he, he, you know, he wants it. So I, I would go with I would go with Nick Cage over anybody in a fight. I think. Yeah. Oh, any inanimate object. So one of the things that you said about me, uh, we were joking about who would win in a fight. My brother is much stronger than me. Yeah. And and so the whole idea was who would win in a fight, Will Hebs or Michael Hebs? Right. And you said like Will would be afraid to hurt me, yeah. and I would just you're you're just afraid of what I'm capable yeah. of. My desire, my my dark <laughs> desires would 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 win me. Yeah. Um. So there there's that. I who would win in a fight, Nicholas Cage or me? It's it's up for debate. Oof. You know. Um. My money depends on what Cage. movie Nicholas Cage. Well, it depends on the movie of Nick Cage, mm. right? Like, uh, he's a weaker man in some of them. Right. Like, certain ones, like Vampire's Kiss, mm. that dude fucking, he eats a real cockroach in that movie. <laughs> wow. There's a, there's a fucking, <laughs> eating a real cockroach. <laughs> it's a fucking mess. I mean, movies like, there's Bad Lieutenant, mm. where he's just a coked out cop, uh, doing bad shit for the whole movie. Yeah. It's, it's a great watch. Yeah. I mean, if you want to do a whole episode on Nick Cage, maybe we should. I'm familiar. I'm into it. I like. I mean, it's not relevant to music, but it is. My money would be on um, uh, Nick Cage from. Um, oh no, I can't remember the name. Oh, Nick Cage from National oh. Treasure. Uh, you'd get your ass kicked, and you'd learn a thing or two about American yeah, history yeah, yeah. in the process. Yeah. He's just so put together in that movie. You know what I mean? Nick Cage in The Rock. Nick Cage in National Treasure. Compared to like Nick Cage in uh, what's what's a really, really deep cut one? What about Face Off, Nick Cage? I haven't seen that before. Oh, dude, it's great. Yeah. Before him and Nick and uh, John Travolta swap faces, that Nick Cage will fuck you up. Yeah. Uh, anyways, to the real the real deal. <laughs> what is your best advice for beginning musicians and artists? Um, that is, yeah, <laughs> beginning musicians so so much different. 
beginning artists so much different. Al, why don't you take this one? Because I've talked so much. I feel like I've talked so much. I mean, it's a podcast. We've both it's talked great. a lot. Yeah. That's what we're here to do. That's what you do. Um, I'm going to go with the same for both. Uh, yeah. Find. Give up. People. Yeah. Give up. Work at a bank. Um, and then just buy all the expensive equipment later in life. Yeah. Um, you still have a chance. Yeah. Um, squander. So find other people who are in the same position as you in and around the same position as you in their career, in their, in their life, in their uh, level of experience, in their age, et cetera, et cetera. Get together with people and collaborate in whatever ways that you can. Start trying to build that team. Um, and that yeah. will get you through so many tough situations that you're going to come across in your career, having that support of a team. And it's also going to help you um, find more opportunities and stuff because you, you guys can help each other out, right? So, like, if you're an artist, um, and we've said this before, it's like, don't hire the, you know, if this is your first record, don't hire the $20,000 producer. Don't hire yep. the, Doesn't give the a shit $300 an hour session musicians. Like, hire people that are near you or close to you in experience who are hungry, who want to do the work who want to get better, who want to learn, who want to build something with you, get those people in your band, treat them well, uh, as well as you can, obviously. And, uh, and I mean, financially, I mean, treat them super well as a human being, obviously, <laughs> uh, and, and build something. And likewise, if you're a musician getting started, find that artist who's getting started. They got a great voice or they're really good at writing songs or they're just a great person or they got a great work ethic or you really, jive with them you write you you're maybe you co-write with them and it sounds really good and just try to do stuff don't worry about money uh don't worry about making tons of money don't worry about you know try not to worry about that kind of stuff just try to get followers create and make music that you guys think sounds good that you like that you can get behind and have fun with it that's it build your team that's great advice have fun i think that's the only thing i can add to that is we've said this before, just set your expectation, you know, in terms of time frame and like just the idea. No, it's one of those things you should be acting as if, if this doesn't work out, then it's not the end of the world. You're doing the music for the sake of the music and enjoying the music and you're not doing it to be successful. You know what I mean? Um, you know, obviously you want to be successful, but I don't think your motivation in terms of songwriting should be like, oh, I got to make a hit for the radio or like, oh, the person, this person that I'm hiring, you know, they have the sound that the radio likes or, you know, like, I think you should just be like, I'm going to hunker down for a long ass time and I'm going to do this pretty much for the rest of ever. Uh, and if it becomes successful, which it will, if you do it for a long time and continually gradually get better, but your motivation should not be success. You know what I mean? Like your soul yeah. motivation. I mean, it depends what kind of success we're talking about. Because none true, of us, true. not me, not you, not the person starting out, not the person who's been doing it for 20 years, is entitled to any benchmark of success or any sort of, yeah. um, any, you're not entitled to any gig, you're not entitled to any um, amount of followers online you're not entitled to any radio stations picking up your track so get that all out of your head and focus on the small wins it's all about the small wins if you get a new follower if you get somebody who's 
you know, comes to a show and says they really love your music. If you get somebody who buys a, one copy of your record or, you know, shares your song on their profile or like a podcast wants to use your music or an internet radio station is going to give you a spin. Like those are all victories. And like, I would really encourage people to value those and thank those people profusely because we don't inherently deserve to have those success successes as artists. And likewise, if you're a player, be grateful and thankful for the people who hire you and make sure that you're doing really great work for them because you are not entitled to their gigs either. So that, that'd be a little bit of a, a more like a, a, a hard edged answer, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great yeah. advice. And I mean, that's all shit we've said before. I one thing that we are going to do at some point. I've decided. I haven't even discussed it with Al. We when I feel like when we reach a certain benchmark, maybe a year or maybe a certain amount of episodes, we should do a recap of the official message of the Music Guy podcast. All of the wisdom that we've come to through other people and like just through talking and thinking through because that's how you figure stuff out you talk it out right mm-hmm. there's one more question that we need to get to okay actually sorry two more questions in the chat okay uh i know we're running we're running long now yeah but uh uh rich de silva uh it's a very serious question i bought really good gear but i don't have any gigs what do i do question mark question mark question mark uh what do you do al buy more gear clearly you don't have enough good question yeah. there we go Second question, how many songs do I need to write before I can buy a boat? What are you thinking? Just one. There you go, just one hit song. All you need is one hit, baby. I mean, the dude who wrote Buy Me a Boat, all he has is one hit. one hit. I guarantee you he has a boat. Yeah. Probably does, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll do some research on Chris that Jansen. for the next episode. I don't know why Chris I know that Jansen. name, I do. Yeah. I, you, you've played Good track. Yeah. I like that song. Great track. It is a good track. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yep. he's a skinny dude, though, eh? I don't know. I don't know what he looks like. He's wiry. Mm. Like, and that says a lot coming from me. Right. Um, <laughs> Rich Rich says thank you. You're welcome, Rich. Thank you for coming on and being a part of yeah, yeah. the live uh, side of this podcast. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome to have people coming in and chatting. Um, shall we wrap it up there? I think that's a yeah. That was a I think fun, that was a solid Q and A. That was really fun. Fun episode, as these always tend to be. Ninety minutes on the nose, right there. Actually, that's perfect. Um, there you go. So, please send us uh, more questions. We'll do a question every week. Uh, send them to musicguypodcast at gmail dot com on our contact contact form on our website. If you want to do that instead, which I don't know why you would, but it's there. Uh, or find us it on exists. social media and. Uh, Hit us up with your questions, and also hit us up with your songs. If you're an original artist, uh, or you're in a band, or you work with an artist, uh, and you have the permission to do so, and you want us to play said song, send it to us uh, uh, in all those ways we just mentioned, and we'd be uh, happy to give it a listen and potentially uh, play it on the podcast. In addition to that, you can check it out. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, Music Guy Podcast. We've got lots of videos, clips, live uncut uh, podcast episodes and uh, tutorials and stuff like that. So we would appreciate you going over there and hitting subscribe if you like uh, what we're doing on the show here. And you'll find me on social media, Alro Music, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, etc. And you can find Mr. Michael Hebs at Bruno the Meek on Instagram, Hebs underscore Michael on Twitter, and at michaelhebs.net 
Uh, and if you want to, yeah. if you want to support the show, just go on and tell your friends about it, or give us a give us a scathing review somewhere online, or something that's going to get a lot of clicks. Yes. That would help us a lot. Uh, <laughs> until next time, thank you so much for listening. We love each and every one of you, and uh, we really appreciate you supporting the show. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye for now. <laughs>